And welcome back to another edition of the Always Pressing PGA DFS podcast. A little different twist this week as we don't have any real golf to talk about. So Bucks, myself, and Jesse are going to be joined by a special guest. You can find him doing fantasy work for PGATour.com. He's on Twitter at Rob Bolton Golf. Rob, how are you doing today? I'm excellent, guys. Pleasure talking with you today. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. Um, before we get into the fantasy nuts and bolts of things, we can't ignore the elephant in the golf room. That is Tiger Woods, who made his return at his own tournament, the Hero Challenge, this past weekend. And he looked pretty darn good for three of the four rounds especially. What were your overall thoughts on Tiger this past weekend? Yeah, it's easy to sort of dive right back into where we left off every time he returns. I, ta- I kind of take a different perspective uh, I love the fact that, you know, he sort of tiptoed his way into this. Uh, he, he did things the right way with the back. Um, and personally, I'll, I'll get to in a second, but uh, but it was all about where his health was. The golf was a bonus at best. Uh, if, it, if he would have shot 80 every day, as long as he finishes the round with no obvious issues physically, I mean, I think that's a a leap forward so that he played well uh, for three out of the four rounds, essentially. And, you know, had us thinking about potential victory somewhere around the midpoint, that sort of thing. Um, Again, it's easy to sort of latch back onto that, but we got to remember he's 41, almost 42 now. And uh, our our expectations need to be tempered a little bit. So I, I really don't, connect emotionally with that in my profession. I try to throw out emotion at all times. Anyway, I really want to think with the head over the heart, but as a fan, it's hard not to get excited. Certainly I get all of that from the personal standpoint. I think when we look back and and I'm going to leap forward and then back again, when we look back eventually on this little bubble of time, I think we're going to find out that it's good for him to be playing now, or at least have had all of this time off, ignoring the spot starts and the attempted returns amid the back injury because he, it gave him time to be a father. Uh, although it wasn't I, ideally how he maybe wanted to go about it as his kids are, you know, 10 and eight years old right now uh, with, uh, you know, being laid up and all those other things that a lot of dads maybe take for granted that he had all of that time with his kids. It's going to be invaluable for the rest of his life, for the rest of their lives. Uh, and the humility that goes with fatherhood at that age, I think, will benefit him moving forward competitively. Uh, you, you found found him to be much more, not necessarily approachable, but much more uh, humorous, self-effacing on social media. He's uh, he's sort of understanding that world a lot more, and I think that'll benefit him with the younger generation for sure, as well as just remind us that it's just a game and he's just a guy and he's a family man. He's a father and all of those other things. I think golf tailors itself to maybe understanding that more than other sports where we forget these guys are are human beings. So when we look back on it, he had this bubble of time where he was able to focus on that, learn a lot about what fatherhood has done to him as a person because he's, it's been 11 years now since his father passed. Some of those things maybe he reconnected with, obviously we'll never know. But then taking what he's learned, moving it forward forward competitively, understanding that things do take time and seeing the progression, the behavioral development of his kids 
maybe has planted some seeds about his own development moving into his 40s and then eventually beyond wherever he's going to take it. So the takeaway from last week was uh, physically he looked great, sounded great. That was all great. And then now he's going to sort of ease into the next phase, whatever it's going to be in 2018. He gave us enough of a nibble. He, he's, But he's also at the same time sort of let that leash out a little bit more from a personal standpoint, so that we're, we're meeting a little more halfway than we used to with him. It's always been the number one knock on the guys that he never uh, pulls back the curtain at all. He has recently in different ways. And I think it's because of these other reasons. So I'm excited both as a fan. Uh, I, I wrote about in the uh, top 30 series, he opened us up on December 1st at number 30 that, uh, uh, that no one in my 160 uh, player league uh, or my my league with 10 owners, 160 golfers, no one took a bite on him as a free agent when he announced he was coming back. And then when I heard Tuesday's press conference last week at the Hero, I was in. So I, I was the guy that ended up making the move. Uh, Tom Lovelady was the guy that I had to shed for that. So I, I still like Lovelady sort of long term. But when Tiger Woods is sitting there, when Tiger Woods is healthy and he's going to play in all the majors, uh, you know, so – I had to apologize a little bit, and full disclosure that I wrote that before Thanksgiving and haven't <laughs> published the first day of the hero. So uh, I think you can tell that uh, I'm all in, uh, but but more from a human standpoint. You know, being a father myself, that makes a big, big difference. When you're out there competing, uh, he had a back injury. I've had a back injury. Obviously, I've never been a professional athlete, but I do know how debilitating that is just from the day-to-day. And I can't even imagine what, what, what he's had to go through. So when last week he talked about his greatest challenge was – Overcoming things mentally, I completely understood that uh, from the standpoint of the uh, of the human element. Um, so, I think some of his competition needs to be wary about uh, about what he's uh, going to do in 2018. But let's just keep our expectations one step at a time if we can. I know it's going to be impossible, yeah. but you know, this <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. I think uh, we we talked about it last week. Obviously, a few of the things that I was looking for. Um, because he did the same thing last year. He came back, same event, and yep. had really high vibes going into the week. But uh, there was a, a difference. Like last year, he was still saying it's a process. I'm still working my way back. Um, and this year seemed to be a shift in his demeanor and his attitude and, and the reasons why he was coming back. Um, so not only was I looking for him to like actually make a strong move at the golf ball without – feeling a twinge, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But you brought up a great point about the family. He mentioned several times over the week that he was doing this because he wanted his kids to see how competitive he used to be. Um, And much like you, I'm a father and play golf and used to play competitively. And yeah, I completely get it. It changes your world, changes your mindset. You have a different focus. uh, You have a different set of priorities now. Um, And I think that's going to help him. Uh, so I'm excited to see him come back as well. So when yeah. we look forward, though, this year, what are some of, some tempered expectations for Tiger realistically? Yeah, well, first of all, just specifically that spinal fusion surgery, uh, you know, from the physiological standpoint, uh, that was clearly the, the a solution. The, everything else was, was were, were tests and yeah, Band-Aid. didn't work. The spinal fusion is a different deal. And when he said he was good to go, you, you believed him. So yep. it's interesting how we don't 
know a lot about him sort of uh, internally, but then when he says something like that, we really believe it. Uh, I think there's something to be said about the way he has given us what he's wanted to give us. Tempered expectations. Uh, I would say that uh, I'm not expecting him to win. Uh, I, I'd like him to just put four rounds together first, one step at a time here. Uh, you know, but but then again, if he goes out and plays the farmers and, and wins by two at Tory or something like that, that's not going to surprise anybody either. It's amazing <laughs> yeah. because what is he, 218th or something in my, in my preseason full membership fantasy ranking? And somebody asked me where I'd place him now, and it'd probably be right around 50th, depending on your format, right around there. And it's a, obviously a mammoth jump in that ranking, but you just never know with the guy, and he's going to be the most volatile when it comes to that sort of thing from our from our standpoint in our world. Um, uh, but, uh, but the guy never surprises us no matter what happens. So for me, it's put four rounds together. He really only had three good rounds last week, all things considered in that field on that course with that weather, uh, we, again, lots to be excited about, but, um, he'll get excited at the masters and all the big events. We know that he's not in any of the WGCs. You know, he'll play all the other ones, so we'll get a good test then. But I, I just want to see him go out there and uh, uh, and just continue to enjoy himself. And if he doesn't, then I'm going to be concerned. Yeah. So it's really a step-by-step thing here. I, I, I hesitate to look at it in the global sense because, again, four rounds into it, he goes from 218 to 50, you know, <laughs> in, in, a not, in, a, in an exhibition event with only 18 guys. So, I mean, that gives you a sense for – I'm still, I'm still learning a lot, just like everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I mean, like, you know, one of the things, obviously, that's great about Tiger is it brings so much attention to the game. <laughs> Crazy. And it just grows it exponentially. So it's, it's so much fun to have Tiger Woods healthy playing golf. I mean, if you were to throw any predictions out there, um, would you say, like, hey, if like, you make half the cuts this year or the um, – you know, gets a couple top tens, that'd be a successful season, or do you have any kind of monetary numbers you would put on that? Well, I think he sort of supersedes that. I don't know. That's that's kind of a, a, a fair and common uh, question a lot of healthy golfers in their prime would ask of themselves. You know, they don't really expect to win because you need the good breaks. You guys know that. Right. Uh, some of the great ones figure out a way anyway, and there's always a winner every week. We know that. And a lot of the big names get the wins, but to expect to win. I mean, think about all the guys that haven't won in the last couple of years, and it's it's an impressive list, despite the fact without the victory. Um, I'd say that the top t- – as long as he looked like he did, I don't expect him to miss a cut. I mean, to play that well, we know who he is. He's still young enough. He's got the new back. I mean, in a way, he's re- more rested than anyone else out there. Uh, and, uh, and with the new mindset um, – that's why I think he could be dangerous. Uh, but again, if he wins, it's not going to surprise anybody. I would say that, you know, his his objective is to win every week. We know that, but and he, he's not going to be satisfied with top tens for a full season. He's, he might be satisfied with the top ten in his first start, and then build from there. So I'd say that, yeah, top tens would be the goal right now. If we were talking about from a fantasy perspective, expect that. As long as he's healthy, and then if he's not, we got to turn him off. I'll probably drop him, <laughs> set him back out because we've been there, done that. Because I'm really conservative when it comes to that sort of thing. So, uh, but I'm eager. I, I I think it's kind of I think I give Tiger a pass when it comes to those long term projections right now. Now, if he plays a full season 
asking the same question next fall for 2018-19 and probably get a different answer. All right. Yeah, we could talk Tiger all day, obviously. He is the, the, the <laughs> guy that moves the needle. But let's get into a little bit more about you. You, you work at PGATour.com. Mm-hmm. do a lot of fancy work. Why don't you let everybody know kind of what you do on a weekly basis? Because those that, that do follow you know you have pretty much an article each day leading up to the tournament. Yeah, it's mostly preview material. There's some recap stuff in there. Uh, button up the last last week's tournament with some nuts and bolts for 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 full season gamers, uh, partial season gamers, people that are looking at uh, uh, right now at the, during the holiday break. You know, salary gamers are getting into you know um, having drafts right now, even though we're already eight eight events uh, into the season. Uh, so uh, Mondays are the power rankings. That's the uh, you know that's what everything hinges on. That starts the conversation from the fantasy perspective. Uh, break down the tournament. Uh, give you 10, 15, 20 guys, that sort of thing. Uh, nuggets about the course, uh, things about uh, things that maybe mattered for the recent winners, to give you a little bit of taste of the weather, and then my entire writing schedule. And then that's uh, also the place where I dive in most with readers in the conversation about uh, you know something with which you disagree in the power rankings, maybe your own thoughts, uh, maybe somebody who's missing, all that sort of thing. We, we have a conversation in that thing. So that's, uh, uh, that's the biggie. And then uh, on Tuesdays, I write five sleepers. Those are guys usually outside the 50, top 50 of the World Golf Ranking, guys who have not won uh, this in the recent season or the current season or recently, um, guys who haven't been on team, uh, team uh, like the President's Cup, Ryder Cup, things like that, guys that just that, – that, that, when, you know, when you see the name, like, okay, that's a sleeper, you know who's not a sleeper sort of by the smell test. Fantasy Insider column also publishes on Tuesday – that's uh, that's really where I started with the, with all of this back at Rotor World in 08. Uh, it's a it's started as a fantasy preview, and then I broke out from that at PJTour.com with the power rankings. Now the fantasy insider is sort of the uh, it's not quite the Monday morning quarterback that people are familiar with with uh, Peter King, but it's kind of like that. It's it's everything else. Uh, a lot of the other golfers, a little bit of a fantasy perspective, specifics to to games. Uh, throw some birthdays in there, recaps of how the guys in the power rankings and the sleepers did the previous week, so you know how uh, how how they how they fared. Uh, Wednesday, I have the one and done feature. We have a standalone one and done game on the website, so that's uh, that was that started again as a section inside the uh, Fantasy Insider column. That has has its own space now for a couple three years, uh, and then lots of other things sort of in between. Uh, we'll do some live chats from once in a while. Uh, and I'm always engaging in the discussion threads beneath all of the stuff with my name on it because I want to be able to connect with the audience. Uh, as you guys know, without an audience, we don't exist. We're not yeah. having a conversation today. So it's all yeah. about that that community, and I love that about the gig. Yeah, what, one thing I want to mention, so I've read your stuff for a while, but um, one article that stood out, so I, I obviously look at your power rankings, but last year at yeah. the Masters – you had your power rankings. You had your top 20 guys. Um, and most weeks, between yourself and some other sites, I'll do a recap. Like, they had these picks. Here's where they finished. How'd they do that kind of thing? Mm-hmm. And I remember la- the Masters last year, because I made a note about it, you had, um, of the 20 guys that you ranked, 19 made the cut. And mm-hmm. 15 came inside the top 25, which was just crazy. But the real reason I, I liked it, you had Freddie Couples as your 20th ranked golfer, and he came in 18th. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and I love Freddie, but from a fantasy perspective, a daily fantasy perspective, I was like, I don't know. 
But, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, you got crushed it. I got you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I no, think you, I remember that. Yeah. You spot on. Sergio obviously killed it. Justin yeah. Rose killed it. It was awesome. So kudos to you. That was great. Well, honestly, thank you. First of all, I, the Masters is is kind of the easiest week of the year. It's one week where I feel like I could probably take it off, and you're going to do just fine anyway. <laughs> Even if you're new to the game, uh, you guys know it's an easy cut. It's a really top heavy field. Um, with all the amateurs and the older guys, the, the past champions, it's a limited field. Uh, course experience matters there more than anywhere else. Yeah. Uh, understanding the greens, obviously, that experience matters. Um, I remember the first Masters preview in 08 at Rotor World. The top four of my top five guys finished inside the top five, and some some <laughs> dude. I was just starting out. I have I've been playing fantasy golf since 1994, so we're in our 25th season. So we predate Tiger. We've gone through the Tiger bubble. We're post-Tiger in a sense now, whatever the Neo-Tiger era, however you want to refer to it. Um, and so we, we've been through all of it. And um, uh, But when I had started a Rotor World, no one else knew who, knew who I was. Before then, I was sort of pre-hack, and now I'm like officially a hack, you know, that sort of thing. Um, when I finally had a byline published, and uh, some guy says he won $12,000 playing – the four guys that he picked out of the top five of the guys, awesome. the guys that finished inside the top. And I'm like, okay, at least I know what, I think I know what I'm doing and we'll go from there. <laughs> it's amazing what one little thing like that will do for your confidence in this role, oh, you know, sure, because yeah. you're, you're really trying to, you know, we, we don't predict if we did, we wouldn't be doing this for others. We'd be doing it for ourselves. We'd be moving to Vegas or wherever and, and yeah. raking. Right. But, um, but that one instance, so it was, it was rough at first. And then, the Masters happened, and ever since then, it's been uh, it, it's. I've seen things a lot clearer. And it yeah. just took the one week, and the Masters was it. So I'm, I'm always pleased, but not too surprised when the guys that project well for that tournament play well. Yeah, I, th- I think with golf being the most unpredictable sport imaginable, <laughs> that you really more than any other sport, you have to trust your instinct as much as the statistics, and mm-hmm. so. I mean, you know as well as anybody, you, you have to trust what you're doing in your process. One of the things about what I do, because my byline is on PGAtour.com, and I don't talk about it a lot because it's not really a, a conversation. I, it's not about me. But since we're having this conversation, uh, if I can't quantify it, you're not going to read about it. I may not yeah. like a guy. I may love a guy. But if I can't quantify it because of my because of where I write, uh, it, you know, it's not walking on eggshells, but you know, and I've, I've yeah. developed a, a trust and a, 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 you know, I'm a notable figure there, so to speak. Um, but I still need to back it up. You know, uh, I do, I do sort of, uh, uh, I'm envious of, of others writing elsewhere who can kind of say whatever they want without having to they, <laughs> just sort of go on feel. Yeah. And for me, that would be dangerous. The way I'm wired, I'm more analytically thinking than I am from a, from a, uh, you know, like the anecdotal thing. I need I need to quantify something. And that's where I've learned a lot over the years. And we're always learning more about it. And that's what I find most exciting. So I guess so I guess uh, kind of recapping last year, looking at 2017, any like major highlights that kind of stick out in your head or any particular where you know you just kind of think that was a really good moment of 2017. Yeah. I mean uh I really don't see golf like a lot of others. I don't play golf, for one. A lot of people are surprised at that. Uh, I, I <laughs> joke that I can I can uh, roll a 200 with a house ball, 
I can hit a softball <laughs> over a 300 foot fence, no problem. Uh, but I cannot hit a damn golf ball, man. That is, the, I, and talk about, you know, so I, I have this uh, unusual uh, respect because I just can't do it. I can putt, but that's easy. You know, <laughs> uh, I can putt a little bit. I should say a little bit. Um, uh, so when I look at the game, I see it analytically. I, I, every golfer is just a golfer, like Tiger. I've, I've always sort of written, he's just one guy. He's just one chip. You know, we need a team of people to win if we're going to have success in fantasy golf. Um, even if you're in a one and done and he's your pick, you get him only once. So yeah. we, we, you know, that's my perspective. And then so from a week-to-week perspective, as a fan, certainly the majors, Sergio winning the Masters was was outstanding. But, you know, I think the, the moments like, uh, you know, Spieth at the Travelers. I mean, how, how, how do you beat that just in, in, the, in the context of winning a golf tournament like that? Kisner. Uh, in the New Orleans team event. I mean, what a way to put that that yeah. tournament on the map, right? Um, and other little things over there. It's like Ustaisen's ace at the Masters where he knocked, you know, they had the carom for the ace. Yeah, I mean, that was awesome. Stuff like that. That's what I remember. Uh, and then I can certainly have the conversations about the other guys, the Justin Thomas's winning the FedEx Cup, five wins, the PGA and all of that. But for me, that's sort of the mainstream conversation um, what what, keep, what gets me excited are those other moments that uh, few others sort of remember. But if you talk about it, they will remember because they did see it or heard yeah, about sure. it, and then remember how much of a of a deal it meant in the moment. Yeah, yeah, I, I love how you you mentioned most people look back at all majors, and those are your moments. But the fact you mentioned the travelers and stuff that that's yeah. what makes it fun is because yeah. golf fans remember those type of things. So that's really absolutely cool. yeah. Um. This is kind of the, we talk about it a lot. It's kind of the era of the young guns. There's a lot of really good young up and coming golfers, and a bunch of them made an impact this year and improved. To you, which golfer, like one or two golfers, stood out the most that improved from from a year to year standpoint at by the season's end? Yeah, a few years ago, uh, the the tour had like this uh, marketing initiative of the forty somethings versus the twenty somethings, and and Ricky Fowler was kind of at the middle of that, and he's still what twenty eight or twenty nine yet. So he was technically qualify. Um, but uh, I think we're in that era of the Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, you know, I mean, we're almost post Rory McIlroy in a weird way uh, because he had a, he had a down year and was he 27, 28, something like that. Uh, not an old man by any means, but he does feel a little older. Fowler doesn't feel old because he had a win this year, still played well in the majors. You know, Hey, you talk about golf being so unpredictable. It's still a game of what have you done for me lately, though, right? And McElroy yeah. didn't do a lot for us lately this year, and I suspect he will next year. I'm very high on McElroy and Jason Day also. And Day hung around long enough that he made the Tour Championship is crazy, but that's, that's the volatility of the playoffs and how that works. I mean, never saw that coming at the beginning of the year. We thought he was just going to – I mean, I would never accuse a guy of mailing it in, but if a guy was going to mail it in, he'd be a strong candidate, and he still made it to Eastlake. Um <laughs> But I would say that Patrick Cantlay probably is at the top of the list, given what he went through physically, emotionally, spiritually. And then, you know, winning late. Um, I mean, yeah, I kind of get I get some goosebumps thinking about, about his early career, his life. What a compelling, different story that when he wins a bigger event, will you know, he'll hit he'll hit more eyes and ears out there. Obviously, we as fans and fantasy golfers, we you know we we know all about the guy, and he hasn't missed a cut since he's returned. 
I think what was most compelling about him just specifically is that he has compartmentalized what happened to him personally with, with his professional. And I love that. I, I that's yeah. speaks to a maturity that uh, I didn't have at that age. Was he 25? Yeah. So, and then there's the guys like the, some of the South Koreans who have kind of come and gone. Danny Lee, some you'll know they've got some injuries. They've, they've, they've had some personal struggles uh, or they've, they've, you know, not the struggles, but distractions. Lee just got married. Noah's had some injuries. Uh, meanwhile, Siwoo Kim has been so all over the place. So there's some of that weird element. I, I don't look at nationality per se, but there's a connection between some of those guys. I know Lee associates with New Zealand more than South Korea, but I think you guys get my drift there. Yeah. Um, Hideki Matsuyama, he's in his own lane. And I, I wrote, he's coming up in the top 30 series. I, we know he is. I can't say when. But what I wrote about him there will will say a lot about how I how I how I sort of digest that guy. I mean, and so there's if no matter where you look, everywhere you turn, it could be a 360, and you're going to find something different. And it, we're really blessed to be fans and fantasy golfers in an era where there's so much depth that you can still play. Let's say in a DFS game of six, you can still have a six man lineup face a completely different six-man lineup and have a terrific competition and still have a chance to win. Um, that says a lot about the sport. If, we, if DFS existed 30 years ago, uh, it, it, I don't think it could. I, I just, we wouldn't, it would be a different format. We wouldn't have, we wouldn't be able to go as deep as six. And I love the deeper formats. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think, I think you make a great point with DFS, especially, these last couple of years and this year, especially I'm excited about this upcoming year. Um, I, I think you have the opportunity to play lineups. And we talk about it all the time when you're playing a cash lineup versus a, a big GPP tournament, mm-hmm. like you could take six golfers in the seven K range and not touch any of the top guys and still have a legitimate chance. Yeah. Cause yeah. everybody's good. And so I think, I think that moves me on to my next question for you. If you had to take, we just talked about this past year and some surprises. If you had to pick a couple guys for the 2018 season that you think are going to have a breakout year, who would they be? Uh, well, I mentioned McElroy and Day, but the breakout year wouldn't surprise anybody, right? So yeah. uh, I, I, I suspect you, you're, you're leaning towards somebody who, who, uh, who wouldn't have already been down that road. It's a great question. I mean, breakout uh, can mean different things for different people. Xander Schauffele, for example, in 2016, 17. Yeah. I mean, that's just a year. That's unprecedented. I mean, a guy like that, the rookie, winning twice, the tour championship, the whole kit and caboodle. Uh, you just never expect that. No one expects that. Um, but that would certainly be a breakout year. Now, if he goes out and wins a major, I would consider that a breakout year, even despite what he did this past season, because it's a major. So, Perspective matters a lot here. Uh, I always answer a lot of questions that are directed my way with, well, it depends. <laughs> and that's not really a fun way to start things. I like people like to get right into a debate or they just want sort of a binary response or, or conclusion to something. Uh, but it really does depend on your format and, and, and where you are, are with it. It was just a few years ago, somebody had thanked me for writing about Adam Scott because he had never heard of him. So <laughs> Hey, you know, that sort of thing. Speaking of Scott, he's going back to uh, to a long putter, which should be interesting this year. We'll see what happens with that. Precious. You always got to look at, so from a breakout perspective, you got to look at the guys who are relatively new to the tour. And we have five non-member 125s entering. Ross Fisher is a former member, so I'll throw him out. 
Tommy Fleetwood just won the race of Dubai. He's a full-time member now, Thomas Peters. Those two guys jump off the page for me. Uh, and I know we know who they are, but American golf fans, maybe not as familiar. Peters a little bit. Um, Fleetwood, not as much. Would be, would be surprised if, um, if, uh, if they don't go three deep into the playoffs, maybe win an event. That sort of thing, um, but but I'm sorry, I got to I got to stick with McElroy and Day. I expect them to clean up in 2018. They're going to be healthy, theoretically. Day will be healthy. Um, we'll see. But um, <laughs> but uh, but but I always look at those guys that are coming off because they're going to play at all the big events. They're going to get their reps. They're going to they're going to they're going to maximize on their opportunities. And now they're eligible for the playoffs, and we never know what can happen there. Do you think that Yulon can? Uh, carry his success over from Euro Tour? As long as he's healthy, yes. Oh, man. And, and he's healthy. He had the back, he had the yeah. wrist. Been playing really strongly for the last year and a half or so now. I know that um, I'm sure you guys feel this sort of stuff all the time as well. You you, you have the the gamers who want to latch on to these guys from you know somewhere else. And Uline happens to be American, but you know, let's say it's Rafa Cabrera Bale or something like that, who's coming over the tour and he's like, you know, not a lot of people know him, so you want to latch on and it won't take long. Cantley's another one of those guys. His value will never be lower than where it was every time before. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That sort of thing. And you gotta latch on to that. Um Anders Hansen was one of those guys. Torbjorn Ellison was one of those guys at one point in the last, you know, six, seven, eight, yeah. nine years. Um so uh um the uh, I just I just forgot who we were talking about. I'm sorry. I was just I, I get all these You're thoughts thrown in my head. New line, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So a year ago or so, the question was, you know, what about Peter line for 2016-17 on the PGA Tour? I'm like, nah. He he. You know, we're talking about long shot of long shots. You know, on top of the injuries, I know who we. You know, he's this exciting emerging talent, but not yet. And now he now to you know look ahead to 2017-18, and that's where we are now. I feel the same way about Mav McNeely and a couple of the other guys. Robbie Shelton. I love Robbie Shelton. I want to see him just tear up the web.com so that he's a full-time member on the on the PGA Tour next year. Uh, and a couple of other guys who are still, you know, finding their way. These emerging talents who, you know, were were incredible in college, and now they need to climb the ladder a little bit. And Uline's obviously gone the Brooks Kepka way and, 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 and is finding his way there and expect him to win. Um you know, often on the PGA tour. So yeah. as long as he's healthy, he'll showcase quite a bit of it. So if you're, if you're not already on the Uline stock, uh, it's still going up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's really cool. As you're talking about the Euro guys there, cause it's one thing that we talk about all the time is they're always, especially in daily fantasy, they're always under owned because people don't know about them. About it. Yeah. You know, I bet. A guy like Tommy Fleetwood. I'm just a pretty big fan of him anyway. Um, I watched him down at the Masters, and he was just throwing darts down there <laughs> on Tuesday, and then he missed the cut. Uh, so I lost a lot of money on that one, but that's okay. I still like it. <laughs> but you learned a lot, uh, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I learned, uh, I learned you, know, you probably don't want to go 100% on a guy who's never played the golf course before. Yeah. But either way. Yeah. Um, especially that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> especially. A little different. Um, you know, kind of getting to, to end a little bit more fancy golf. Um, you know, it, obviously you said you've been playing since 94. I can only imagine what you've seen in that time. I've been playing fancy golf for, you know, the last couple of years. 
I mean, what are your thoughts on the evolution of fantasy golf and uh, maybe the future of it? Lots of thoughts. I, I love a few years ago when I was a Rotor World, um, John McNamara, uh, who was he was writing at Rotor Wire, brought him over to uh, Rotor World to be the lead columnist. He actually lives in Lexington, works for Malone's uh, Steakhouses there. Anyway, full time. Uh, that's why I asked you earlier if you were, if you, if you actually were in Lexington because I got the UK behind you there. I see. Oh, yeah, I'm um, in we, he and I, we talked every day about about the tournaments, but also about the business. And over time, because of the communication he had with his audience, the communication I had with my audience, we sensed something was a brewing. We didn't know DFS was on the horizon. We had heard things. Um, we. Golf's always at the end of the stick. It wasn't like we expected DFS to to, to connect with golf as, as strongly as it has. Uh, and then in 2013, I was contacted by DraftDay.com to uh, try out its product during the playoffs. So I endorsed it during uh, those four events in 2013 and uh, still had a hard time wrapping my head around how it works legally, <laughs> you know, that thing. And uh, now that's four years ago now. And uh, and it, Draft Day no longer has a, a golf product because DraftKings and FanDuel, well, certainly DraftKings first and then FanDuel later, uh, picked up on it. So I love that it brings a, a different segment of the population, obviously expands the audience. Um, there's Oddly, there's been um, so a narrative out there that I have not been supportive of DFS on some level. That's never been the case. I love it. Uh, I think it's great for for fantasy who wouldn't um uh i also like that you know there's room for it uh as i've always said there's room for all of it you know not every game's going to tailor to everybody so the more the options certainly the better the competition from an industry standpoint but also the more fun you can have out there you can play all of these games you can pick and choose it's an a la carte menu do what you want don't do anything i'll be there if you don't and you want to come back later you know i mean that sort of thing it's it's uh it's it's supposed to be an outlet to the rest of your life. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be, uh, I like to, I like to learn from it. I like it to be educational and then go back to my life, you know, that sort of thing. Um, so I, I think it's in a good place. Uh, certainly with all the litigation and where things are going uh, nationally with, uh, with DFS, there's obvious concern over that, but at the same time, there's a lot to be excited about. I like to see regulation. I think it's going to be important for to sustain it. Long term, who knows for how long? Maybe forever. Certainly, my lifetime, and that'll be good for for uh, certainly my job, but also for the community. Uh, I started, you know, pre-internet. Essentially, we were doing things email. I was I was actually mailing updates uh, every <laughs> two or three weeks, punching it out on a word processor with WordPerfect back in the day, and then eventually Excel. Um, you know, to uh, to the internet, Yahoo, and and how it exploded, and how people are still you know, devoted to that site uh, because it was really the first biggie, and uh, and then you know I, I was writing in 08, so basically five six years before DFS came along, and the tour doesn't have a DFS game. I don't play DFS uh, because I'm a resident in Arizona where it's not allowed. It's never been allowed. Um, so I try to piggyback or or get into something and try to jury rig it so that at least I can play a free game. And I've been able to do that a couple of times, and it's been a blast. Um, it does feel like a bit of a bubble because of the massive wave of attention that fantasy golf has gotten 
personally, I don't, I've never felt it's actually fantasy because if you remove the monetary element, people will disappear. That's just the nature of the game. And it's like with anything else uh, when you're trying to make a buck. If you can't, yeah. people are just going to disappear. So that concerns me a little bit, depending on where it's going with it. So, But overall, I think if you rate the pros and the cons, the pros outweigh the cons exponentially right now. Uh, one last question for you, and we'll wrap this up. We've seen other major sports leagues like baseball and football and basketball kind of start accepting fantasy and bringing it in, and it helps, like you said, bring different fan bases and other aspects to it. Yeah. Do you see the PGA Tour ever, not just daily, just fantasy in general, do you see them making it more of kind of an emphasis on certain angles and uh, expanding it to help, to help grow PGA and the fantasy landscape as a whole? couple different answers to that. Number one, as far as DFS, Tour is ultra-conservative. That's no secret. So it'll be the last organization that presents a sporting product to get involved. And so they'll be, you know, crossing all of the T's and dotting all the I's and all that sort of thing before they actually officially get involved, if that ever happens. Um, that they haven't closed the door with the new commissioner, Monaghan, on board. He's actually expressed interest publicly about not – just, you know, dismissing it, I think, uh, is, uh, is awesome. You know, um, personally from that perspective that I'm allowed to actually, you know, write about it, despite the fact that there's no uh, game, uh, is exciting. Uh, we don't do a something standalone yet. Um, there's always conversations about doing all sorts of things. Some of it actually happens. Some of it does It's just like in any business where you're, you're, you know, building on concepts and the whole R and D thing. Uh, so, uh, but that brings an audience to the website fantasy in general brings uh, a different audience. People, as you know, they bet on games. They don't know who the starting quarterback is or the starting point guard, but they like the team and they want to win some money. So they're in it. <laughs> they're watching the product, you know, and it's an entertaining thing, but they really don't care who these guys are. They just want to win a couple of dollars. Uh, and so that, that alone, if you can win prizes, uh, with the fantasy games on pjtour.com. Uh, and that'll excite some people. But again, it all boils down to the community. Usually those are, you know, people enjoy the private leagues and the head to head because it can be a commitment. Let's face it, guys, the PGA Tour oh, yeah. season never ends. So to be a, com to be committed to a full season requires a special, uh, a special breed. I'm one of those uh, special breeds. <laughs> yeah, three um, more right there. yeah, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, I would say that uh, I, I would say that we're probably closer to this than, than anywhere uh, or any time in history, but it's never been required for my job. It's never been required for the fantasy product on the website. Uh, I do know the fantasy product does draw uh, attention to the website, also to golfers. I, I think uh, my core audience knows I'm much more devoted to the rank and file than I am the the uh, the stars. I've always said that we we connect a lot more with the Craig Barlows and Skip Kendall's and Marco Dawson's and Brendan DeYoung's <laughs> of the world. Then we do the Roy McIlroy's and Jason Days and Jordan Spieth, just because these guys are out there grinding for a living. And that's yeah. what we're doing every day. We're trying out, we're going out there every day. You know, a lot of us, most of us are living paycheck to paycheck. We can never relate to what some of these other guys are going through. And so to go out there and play in front of nobody and, 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 and maintain your composure and, and just try to make a cut for God's sakes on a difficult golf course against a tough field. I think we connect a lot more with that just from the human aspect. 
And it's one thing interesting because I've been playing this for 25 years. I didn't have that perspective when I started. I had the perspective of I want all the glitz and the glamour and all of it. And I realized that doesn't win championships. Championships are one in the trenches with the guys that are out there trying to figure it out. And the Bo Van Pelts of the world, Dean Wilsons of the world back in the day when all they were, they weren't winning, but they, man, they were making cuts. Bryce Garnett a couple of years ago, Michael Putnam, these guys have value. You know, and these guys are have been PGA Tour members. Garnett is again, um, and uh, so when I'm watching golf, I'm we don't see him on television, but I really pay a little bit more attention to what they're doing analytically as much as possible because they have value, and I can then convey that to you as a, as a gamer, and hopefully we can we can have some success with that together. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's outstanding. Well, Rob, we appreciate your time. Everybody, check out his work, PGATour.com, at Rob Bolton Golf on Twitter. Um, Bucks mentioned the power rankings. I use those weekly when we do our podcast and everything awesome. else he comes out with. It's really, really, really good information. So, Rob, thanks for joining us. Appreciate thanks it, guys. You guys are the best. Thank you again. Take care. Thanks, Rob. Appreciate it. Thank you. See ya. What a great interview with Rob Bolton from PGATour.com, and a big thank you to him. Before we get back to the always pressing PGA DFS app, let me let you know this was brought to you by Draft, Draft.com. Fantasy sports fans, listen up. Did you know that your chances of winning on Draft are 80% better than on salary cap sites? That's, that's why you need to try Draft. No more getting crushed by the pros. More than 1 million people have already downloaded Draft, playing a real-life NBA, NFL, MLB, PGA, Draft right now. Be done under five minutes and get paid out the next day. Drafts are filling every second so you can join one whenever you want. All new players get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit. But you need to have the promo code SD Sports. That's right. Playing a real money draft for free just by using the promo code SD Sports. But it gets even better. Draft is so sure you'll love their product that they're offering a money back guarantee up to $100. Just search Draft in your app store or go to Draft.com and come play free right now with the promo code SD Sports. Again, thanks to Rob Bolton at Rob Bolton Golf on Twitter from the PGA Tour.com. And thanks for listening to the Always Pressing PGA DFS Pod. All right, guys. That was pretty, pretty awesome stuff there. What were your you know initial impressions with some of that, Bucks? Yeah, I thought I mean I'm glad we touched on, well, obviously Tiger, um, and we have a lot of the same uh, opinions about Tiger and why he's back and and his shift in why he wants to be competitive. Obviously, he's still Tiger Woods, and he's got this killer mindset, but also now he has a family that he wants to compete for, and he wants to show his kids how dominant he used to be. Um, and I think we saw glimpses of that last week and I hope we see more of it. Um, and then from a fantasy perspective, um, I think we all knew that the tour was conservative about, uh, DraftKings and daily fantasy, but I'm glad that they're at least acknowledging it. Um, and I'm glad that you have somebody like Rob working for the tour, um, doing fantasy and in keeping that awareness out there uh, because I, I there's no way that you can look at daily fantasy and not think that it's going to move that needle for a sport that over the last few years has been declining in the number of players, maybe not from a fantasy perspective, but from a pure golf perspective, golf has been in the decline. And so fantasy golf DK 
um, DFS, that's just, that has to be part of the mindset and a shift for the tour to get that new group of players and that new audience. Definitely. Uh, Jesse, what were your, your, your takeaways? Yeah, I mean, that was that was really, 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 really good stuff from Rob there. Appreciate him coming on and sharing a lot of that insight with us. Um, you know, it's uh, it's one of those things where, I mean, obviously he works for the PGA Tour, so um, he can't, you know, go into, I don't think, full detail, probably maybe what he knows for sure. But, I mean, I, I'm with Bucks. I mean, eventually they, they've got to come in and just embrace it as a whole because look what it's done for the NBA NBA ratings are way up, way up. PGA Tour ratings are way up, too. I mean, 95% of the people who are subscribing to PGA Tour Live are, have to be DFS players because who, who cares if you're not yeah. playing fantasy um, on what these guys are doing Thursday and Friday morning uh, in the middle of March. You know, so uh, I think uh, I think it's just a matter of time. Uh, PGA Tour is just, you know, a bunch of good old boys, though. I mean, conservative probably the most conservative sports organization there is uh, just because of, you know, what it is. I mean, golf is a quote unquote rich sport and a lot of uh, old timey people in it, I guess. Um, but I like a lot of what, what he said about Tiger and, um, and also too, you know, just what he said about fantasy golf in general. Um, if you're not following him and or reading his content, you're missing out on a lot of good stuff. Yeah. 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 I, I like that. I like the fact that he's not a golfer. Yeah, that that surprised me. That me surprised me a lot. Um, yeah, but I I do like the part that uh, he mentioned. You know, the Tiger stuff you guys said was great, uh, and really took different angles that most people don't consider. They just consider the the way he played, which is really good because we talk about it a lot with golf. A lot of it's what's between the ears. It's not the talent level. So there's a lot more to it there. Also. Uh, I do like the fact he did mention he since he lives in Arizona he can't play DFS because yeah. I know a lot of people I've seen some of his his uh, you know on his articles people commenting on the fact that he's hating on DFS and there's nothing to do with it people miss the boat because you know that's what trolls do I guess but I think the the PGA part's huge coming with fantasy uh, we've noticed some of the younger players uh, are starting to embrace it more we saw a uh, big time pro tweet out a picture of his PGA tour app that had certain players bookmarked, which usually as we know is a trick to <laughs> track your players. I'm not going to mention any names on that one, but I, I think we know that these players are embracing things and yeah. I th- the players could really help with that. The um, conservative ruling that you guys are talking about in the PGA tour. So that's a big step in the right direction. So I thought it was awesome uh, before we wrap things up. What was your best takeaway from Tiger last week? We've got to at least talk a little Tiger from our own viewpoints, Bucks. Yeah, I think my like, – like I mentioned before, I, there were a couple things that I, I wanted to see with Tiger's game. One was short game. Two was him hitting a draw. And three was him going after a ball, like 100%. And I saw him hit some beautiful shots, some high draws. Great. I saw him go after a ton of drivers and fairway woods and irons with no hesitation, no twinge, um, which was amazing. Both great signs. But, and I'll caveat this with, there were quite a few other players that were in the same boat, um, but he did 
chuck a couple chip shots and hit some really, really mediocre pitch shots as well. Um, so I think there's still some work to be had there, but I, I don't know. There's there's a lot of good things going on there for sure. What about you, Jesse? Yeah, I mean, just a that he's healthy. I mean, he's you could tell there's a little bit of a difference in his swing. He's not trying to uh, to hack at every single golf shot like he's trying to hit it to the moon. Um, he was his swing was a lot more fluid and not as like herky jerky. So I think that will bode well for him in the future. Um, but I mean, dudes out there hitting 280 yard par or uh, 280 yard two irons. Um, I mean, I was impressed. I was impressed with Tiger last week, and I think uh, going back to what Rob was talking about. If he stays healthy, he looks like he's healthy. I hope he just makes the better decisions. Let's don't be flying to the Middle East, you know, in January after playing in California. Let's, you know, let's chill out a little bit, Ty. Let's let's bring it back up. But I, I, I loved it, man. I mean, there was nothing better than when he took the lead on Friday um, last week on Twitter. I mean, it was it was a lot of fun just to be on Twitter and see everybody's reaction and everybody was jacked. So it was it was a good time. Last week was fun. Yeah, the the reaction that Friday was like people lately talking about Bitcoin, so it was, it was pretty <laughs> awesome. Yeah, uh, it, the place blew up. I, I went. I was at the golf course Friday afternoon, and that's all anybody could talk about. It was Tiger, 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 which is great to see. It's what we need. Um, watching him hit two eighty one into a par five and basically having one of the easier eagle putts of your life was outstanding. The highlight for me was he was making the shots, but. We tweeted out that video on the always pressing handle. The confidence is there. And it's not the cocky confidence. The confidence is there, though. And that's huge because when Tiger was in his heyday, he was already beating half the field or more just with his confidence alone. Right. So the, yeah. just the look on his face, the answer, that part got me excited because when he's – the year before when he was kind of banged up still, you never saw that from him. You never saw the excitement from him. He was there this week, and it, it was awesome to see. The players enjoyed it. You saw the guys, like, stoked to play with them. Uh, Charlie Hoffman was talking. He was in the group behind him on Friday. I forget who Charlie was playing with, but it was some guy that's never been on the course when Tiger was playing. And he said the guy was just in shock the entire round because he's never heard roars and excitement like that in his life. <laughs> and an it was 18, only a Friday. An 18-man event. <laughs> exactly. Friday afternoon in 18-man field. You wait. But he said he's never seen anything like it. You wait and till the Masters goes, this year, man. Exactly. We'll wait till he probably goes down to Tory for the Farmers or something. Yeah. That'll just kickstart the whole parade. It's going to be outstanding. But um, awesome stuff, guys. We will be back at it next week with – I think we'll do some strategy talk. That sounds like something we can get going. Yeah. Going into the holiday. Um, but check us out on Twitter at Always Pressing PGA DFS or Always Press PJDFS. I always screw it up. Just just follow our handles. Uh, Bucks is on Twitter at BPSnow11. Jesse at DFS Golf Gods. And um, hopefully Jesse can repeat on some NFL this week. Got the shot. We haven't shot that one out yet. Big winner on. Big winner on NFL this week. Um, and I am happy. One hundred thousand. You, you you do that once a year. That's plenty. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. all you're hoping for playing GPPs, man. Yeah. Yep. Hit that shot at the moon. But uh, with that being said, everybody, thanks for listening. Again, check out Rob on Twitter at Rob Bolton Golf and his work at PGA Tour.com. Great stuff. And we'll catch you guys next time.